This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Clock Dodgers. What's up, guys? I just wanted to talk to you really quickly about the No Halftime app. Uh, Many of you have been flooding me with an overwhelming response of positive reviews on how much you've been enjoying this app and some of you have actually challenged me brave brave souls have challenged me and lost let's not let's not lie you guys are not beating me okay some of you have but let's not talk about that anyway right now if you go on there you sign up today you put in the code word clock c-l-o-c-k you get a free ten dollars ten dollars to start with not money that slowly goes into your account ten dollars instantly and it's fun baseball season is around the corner basketball season is happening now show people that you reign supreme in the fantasy world head-to-head matchups one versus one not team versus team and you gotta hope that someone just goes luck goes your way get on there now matter of fact do me a favor pause the podcast podcast go to the itunes store download no halftime and then come back to the podcast you guys are great let's go let's get the show started cannot play with it cannot win with it cannot cope with it can't do it play with the game i mean listen we talking about practice not a game not a game not a game Hey everyone, you have officially chosen to make Clock Dodgers a part of your day, and for that we thank you. If you are a new listener, uh, you could have, couldn't have picked a better episode actually to start. If you're a regular of the show, hello again. Uh, you're, you're in for a special treat today. Uh, with me right now is a man who certainly needs no introduction. However, it is an honor and a pleasure for me to do so. Uh, our guest is one of the most respected writers and fantasy football podcasters around. The one and only uh, Chris Harris of the Harris Football Podcast and HarrisFootball.com. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you very much for having me, Neil. I really am psyched to be here. I appreciate that. So let's just dive straight into what everyone wants to hear, which obviously is fantasy football. Um, so obviously there was breaking news today. Um, well, to some people, it was breaking news with RG3 um, signing with the Browns. Uh, obviously, we don't know you know, what their intentions are in the upcoming draft. And, you know, one can only assume that they are going to draft a quarterback at some point. Uh, with, with that in mind, Chris, RG3 does create an interest in pairing, you know, with, with the new head coach there, which is Hugh Jackson, who's very offensive minded, of course. And a, a ton of things can happen between now and the start of the season. Uh, you know, different variables, obviously, RG3's health, um, you know, Hugh Jackson's offense that he's going to implement. Um, guys like Josh Gordon, you know, is he going to be reinstated? Is he not? But if we're if we were forced to draft today... Where do you stand on RG three as a you know in fantasy relevance terms? Not very relevant. Um, you know, like listen, anytime I, I always say this, but the, the, the there isn't a lot of difference between doing analysis for fantasy football and doing analysis for football, right? I think it's like a 
probably a 95% overlap. Usually you're just talking about players who you think are good, and if they're good, you're hoping they're going to produce stats that make them valuable fantasy players. And the exception to that is clearly running quarterbacks. You know, they make a bigger difference in fantasy than they do in the actual NFL. And so that, hence Tim Tebow can have a season where everybody's, you know, winning with bated breath for Tim Tebow to play when we know that he couldn't really throw. So I wouldn't want to completely rule out the idea that RG3 could be fantasy relevant because if he regains the running form, if he stays healthy, I mean, things need to go right, but he could you know, be that guy who maybe even if the Browns aren't all that good and maybe if the offense isn't, you know, bottom line all that productive, he still could generate 50 rushing yards a game and that makes a big difference. Do I think that's going to happen? I don't. You know, I think in the end the Browns probably take a quarterback at two and we enter another RG3 quarterback controversy zone where, you know, we irritated with the media and, you know, doesn't want to make a decision and doesn't want to give anything away. And, you know, in a way, it's kind of a mercy that this is happening on the Browns because I just think most people are trained to ignore most of what happens with the Browns right. offensively. And so while you don't rule out the possibility, you know, I think in a in a 12-team draft that's a savvy draft where you're only starting one quarterback and so maybe, you know, whatever – 15 quarterbacks get drafted, something like that. RG3 is not one of those top 15 guys, probably. Okay, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, like you said, not not only is it a RG3 um, quarterback uh, situation, but it's also a Browns quarterback situation all over again. Yeah. As soon as they, you know, as soon as they draft somebody, and and you know, sp- speaking of quarterbacks, the other quarterback that kind of you know made the bigger splash this offseason was Brock Osweiler. Um, I'm not a crazy fan of the guy. I mean, I don't think he proved a whole lot with the Broncos. Um, and he got a huge contract. And obviously, that's the way the quarterback contracts are, are moving in that direction anyway. But do you think he's going to make a – I mean, obviously, you have to assume he's going to make a bigger impact than RG3 since we don't have much faith in RG3 as it is. But do you think he can he can break top 20, top 10 – I mean, top 15? I don't imagine that I'll have him there right away. But I also feel like I'm, I'm relatively bullish on him. I, I redid some film work on him here now in this offseason since he signed with the Texans just to sort of re-familiarize myself with, you know, I, I think we get easily, you know, sort of run into the narrative that everybody gives you, which is, you know, he, he had a couple of good games, but bad pocket presence, and that's what, what in the end wound up frustrating Gary Kubiak, and that's why they went back to Peyton. And... You know, there's probably some of that. I think it's a little overstated. Um, I'm going to remember that this was not a very good offense, even when Peyton Manning was back for the playoffs. Right. And a lot of that, I feel like, was you know about the offensive line, which they did a good job covering up some weaknesses, and they improved as the year went along. But listen, if Osweiler was holding the ball too much when Khalil Mack was sacking him, he was sacking him within you know less than three seconds of the snap. There's not too many quarterbacks who get the ball, get rid of the ball that quickly. What I'll say about Osweiler is I feel like he's shown us an upside. And I'll, I'll say it's a play-to-play and an upside, probably not a game-to-game upside. Mm-hmm. But we've seen enough plays from Osweiler. I'm thinking specifically of that Sunday night game against the Patriots where he makes two big throws on that fourth-quarter drive. Those are big-boy throws and, and, you know, throws that Peyton Manning wasn't making with, a, with the arm strength that he had by the end of the year. 
and certainly there were also times I found on film where he was inaccurate throwing the ball, where he maybe didn't have the best patience, where you know he threw he threw an accurate ball, but it was you know a concussion type ball where if the receiver doesn't turtle, he probably gets knocked right. out. So there are there are certainly mistakes on film from Osweiler too. But I you know if I compare someone like him to someone like Brian Hoyer, there's just not a lot of upside with Brian Hoyer. You don't ever get plays from Brian Hoyer where you're like, oh, oh, damn, there it is, right, wow. You know, he can really, maybe it isn't always good, but it can be really good. And you do get that from Osweiler, and I think that's, you know, we're relying on Bill O'Brien to bring that out of him on a more consistent basis, and it's probably not going to be perfect. Um, You know, I think Joe Flacco is a pretty nice comparison for what Osweiler is and can be, and of course, Flacco isn't a great fantasy quarterback. He's too up and down. And Osweiler will probably be up and down. But I think he's going to be good enough at least to make DeAndre Hopkins at least as good as, good as he was last year. Maybe if they take a rookie receiver, you know, to throw it to Lamar Miller. I feel like it's not a death knell to the Texans offense. Right, right. I mean, like like you said, I mean, you have to assume, obviously, they gave him a big contract. So we assume he's going to get all the opportunity, you know, to, to make it right. And like you said, Hopkins, you think maybe Jalen Strong might step it up. They obviously added Lamar Miller. So there's there's weapons around him, you know. And if, you know, I think if given the time, like you said, he may be, uh, you know, fairly or possibly inconsistent in fantasy football, but maybe a better real-life quarterback for them in their situation maybe. Um, uh, we, we were speaking of a Redskin before I switched it to Osweiler, and, or a former Redskin, I'm sorry. And so I wanted to go talk about a different former Redskin, which is Alfred Morris. And he just signed with the Cowboys. I, actually, I'm not so concerned about Alfred Morris and himself because – Everyone's talking about him, obviously, right now, and and any running back behind a Cowboys O line, uh, obviously, we have to keep our eyes on. But I'm actually more concerned or interested in Matt Jones, which I feel like at the moment maybe he isn't. He's kind of getting lost in the shuffle, you know, with all the Alfred Morris um, hoopla, hoopla that's going on right now. Am I am I crazy if I'd rather have Matt Jones on my fantasy team next season over Alfred? Let's see how the draft goes for the Cowboys. Let's see how the draft goes for Washington. And, uh, you know, so in other words, Washington almost has to add another running back. Right. You know, they, they don't have really anything. Chris Thompson is their second running back. It's not good enough. Uh, so let's see if, you know, let's see what happens. If, if someone else winds up signing there, that, that'll that be interesting. I mean, you know, where's Arian Foster going? It's going somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, like, uh, you know, I, but, but it's still a fair question because we are where we are. And so let's take a snapshot of right now and say, okay, let's just assume this is what we have and the season's about to start. Yeah, I think I would probably, because I assume, even though I would probably take Morris ahead of Darren McFadden, I don't think McFadden's going anywhere. And that, you know, there's a potential for it to be annoying on a weekly basis. And, you know, I, I, Matt Jones is a lot younger than those players. He's bigger than those other two players. You know, he's a more dynamic athlete at this point in their careers. McFadden used to be, but isn't really isn't anymore. Um, and so I think he has, you know, more upside. I, I'm kind of expecting Washington to not be as good this year. You know, maybe it's just the difference between a fourth place schedule and a first place schedule, and you know, having to play a bunch of division winners. And me <laughs> not, I'm not having all that much faith in Kirk Cousins. Um, and so, like, I'm not saying it's necessarily a touchdown fest for Matt Jones. Plus, there's the fumble. You know, if he fumbles again, his career could be over, right? So there's big risk there. But, yeah, I honestly would say I agree with you that if I took a snapshot of exactly where we are at this moment as of us talking, I'd probably say Jones deserves to be ranked ahead of the two Cowboy running backs, and maybe that's because the two Cowboy running backs need to be ranked pretty near one another. Right, right. Uh, that, that, that Cowboy, you know, backfield seems like it's heading for, you know, a, 
50-50 split carry. Just, you know, with the abilities of Morris and the abilities of McFadden, it just seems like that's the, you know, the logical way that they're going to go. I don't see them giving one guy the job over the other, really, you know, with the way that they are. Um, and, and since we're talking running backs, and I know a lot of times with, you know, obviously we have a long time before the season starts, but when, when it gets close to draft time, uh, and in conversations, a lot of times people have a, a habit of saying, oh, this player is good, this player is bad, you know, I'm not going to draft this guy, I am going to draft that guy. And I, I think it, we kind of get lost in the fact that when it comes to drafts, what really matters is value, right? So you may not like a guy a lot, but if his stock falls enough in your draft, you know, he starts to gain value to you. I mean, that's, I think we lose that, you know, in, in conversations a lot. And we just say, oh, this guy's good. That guy's bad. But there are a lot of running backs who, who kind of are murky in my eyes right now. I don't know, you know, what to, to think of them. Obviously, like, like you said, there's so many variables still ahead of us. Um, but in speaking in, again, in terms of right now, um, there's some guys that I, I just want to kind of throw at you. Uh, we don't have to go totally in depth with them, but I just want to kind of see where your, you know, where your level of concern is right now with their situation and what may, you know, play out before the season starts. I'm just going to just throw some guys at you. Um, and you know, just let me know, I guess, if you're really concerned or just, you know, you feel good about them. Um, I, I did hear on your, um, I think it was your last podcast or the one before that you had mentioned you were concerned about Seattle's O-line. Um, is Thomas Rawls a guy that you're overly concerned about? Let's define overly. I, I definitely think I have concerns, um, and my guess is that I'm not going to own him much. And, and you said it perfectly, brilliantly. Like, I don't have do-not-draft lists. I do not have must-draft lists. It's absolutely about where you're getting players. You know, I'll take anybody if the value's right. right. 100% with you on that. And so, you know, my guess from what people have been tweeting to me and, you know, like sort of the general zeitgeist around Thomas Rawls feels like a little rich for my blood where we stand right now. Um, I, I would never want to say that I know what an NFL offensive line is, you know, six months beforehand. Heck, mm-hmm. we're not going to know what the offensive lines are one week beforehand. You know, it's a very, very difficult thing to surmise beforehand. There are times where we think lines are going to be really good and they flop and they get hurt. I mean, times I mean, Atlanta's offensive line was supposed to be terrible last year. That turned out really good, you know. Right. So I would never want to but, – but you're absolutely – you quoted me correctly. I do have concerns. That Seattle loses Russell Okung, you know, I don't think J.R. Sweezy is very good, but what's replacing him at guard, you know, they're, they're filling in with spare parts from other teams, maybe they're drafting some, you know, a tackle, and maybe that will alleviate some concerns, but then again, do rookie offensive linemen ever really make a big impact? I think the bottom line is, I think Rawls is a fine player. I don't think he's a superstar ever in the league, and, uh, you know, the player who I will seemingly perpetually compare him to as Ahmad Bradshaw. And, you know, Ahmad Bradshaw was a good player when he was healthy, uh, but he needed, you know, needed a good situation. And so I would say I have mild concern that it might not be as good a situation as folks think. Okay, that's fair. And, I mean, a guy that I feel is similar to the way you feel about Rawls and obviously a little bit different of a situation, but I feel like Rawls and Langford are, at least from, you know, discussions that you hear on the Internet or you're, you know, you're hearing on podcasts, is guys like Rawls and Langford are going fairly fairly early. And like you said, like maybe round one, two, guys are really high on these guys, you know, due to their situations. Obviously, guys retiring, guys, you know, they're starting running backs, changing teams. So I feel I feel like you like how you said it, they're a little too rich for my blood as well. Um, I feel like Langford kind of falls in that category as well. Um, a, a guy that I'm interested interested about, obviously he had a coaching change and everything as well, is Carlos Hyde. Do you think he's any better next year than he was last year, or he's kind of a one-game you know, bust out and that was it? <laughs> no, I don't think he's a one-game bust out and that's it. 
Um, but I also don't think you can look at San Francisco and decide that that's suddenly going to be a good offense. I mean, you know, who's the quarterback? I, I Maybe it's Colin Kaepernick. I tend to think it's maybe not. I, you know, it, it's yet to be resolved. If Wayne Gabbard, I sure don't think it's a good offense. Uh, who, you know, who they throw into. I don't love anybody, any of the pass catchers there. I think Carlos Hyde is a pretty darn good back. Uh, you know, I've, I've kind of always been pro. I think for his size, he moves pretty well. Uh, if he had a, a, a an above-average offensive line that was adept at the zone system, you know, that let him kind of find a hole and cut hard, I think I like the way for a man his size that he's able to change directions real quick and, you know, go downhill. And so I, I'm, I'm very interested in him as a talent, but folks who are predicting first-round type glory for him, I mean – Yes, we will say he certainly has upside. When you when a player has a lot of talent, you say like from year to year things change in the NFL, and I get it. And maybe Chip Kelly completely turns that program around. I'm a little suspicious, and so while I'll acknowledge that maybe the upside is as high as being a top ten fantasy back, you can't take him. You know, I can't see taking him there because. And if someone else wants to take him there, I think you say you tip your cap, right? It just because the range of possible outcomes, the dude could be number 30 among running backs. Right, right. All right, and, and the last guy that for some reason keeps popping up, and, and and some people don't understand why his name is popping up, some guys do, um, and it's Latavius Murray. So actually, yeah. I'm a Raider fan, and so I, I watched all their games last year, and I, and I have this – you know, weird feeling that the Raiders aren't totally confident in him. I, I, I've seen a lot of times at the goal line, a lot of times in certain big situations, I feel like they faded away from him. Um, and I don't know if it's because Derek Carr is their quarterback and, you know, they have Cooper out there catching the ball. I don't know if that has to do with it, but I just felt like they weren't overly confident in him. Um, would, would I be crazy to say that maybe a lot of fancy footballers are, are, are looking at him better than he is possibly or that they may draft you know, a running back to, to really split this with him? Because for some reason, I'm just not overly confident with him. Well, we're going to get our answer in the draft. You know, if, right. if Zeke Elliott is sitting there in the first round and the Raiders take him, we got our answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's Certainly, we have heard many pundits theorizing that the Raiders aren't sold. That I think you're right that that's in the ether, right? That, you know, people are very much... That, okay, yeah, it's 300 touches, but there was a mid-season swoon for three or four, you know, maybe three out of four games where it was used a lot less, and they were certainly using far inferior options in bigger situations. Uh, right. And yet, as the season went along, you know, he seemed to come back into it. And I'm I'm actually very pro in terms of his talent. Um, I would say borderline top ten talent among running backs in the NFL. Okay. I think a person is a person his size is not supposed to run like that. He just he is too fast for his, you know, he brings the heat. Uh, he will run you over, and he has very, you know, breakaway threat. I like that. Um, you know, that they probably need another running back, and I, I think it's safe to say they'll draft one regardless. But if it's not Zeke Elliott and it's not Derrick Henry, is it going to be somebody who we really think is a big threat to, you know, that keeps Murray under 200 touches? You know, right. I, I, pro- I probably, I think not. And so I, I think I remain relatively bullish, but yeah, I mean, what's possible for Sweet Day? <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the guy. I just I do get worried when I seen, like I said, how the Raiders were 
you know, throwing other guys in there when you felt like it was, you know, uh, a, a moment for Murray to, you know, to really make a play. And then they would put some other guy in there like Roy Hallou or something. And you're just like, what? You know, like, where is this coming from? But um, I, 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 again, as a Raider fan, I, I love him and I hope that it does, you know, play in his favor. But again, like you said, Zeke Elliott, if they draft him, <laughs> Murray, that's kind of says everything. But um, I, I'm a big fan of his skill as well. So now that we got through a bunch of, you know, the pressing topics right now that are going on in fantasy football, I did want to uh, play a, a session of foul or no foul with you. It's actually a, a really popular game that we play here on Clock Dodgers. The fans, you know, the listeners and everybody get involved on Twitter and uh, in different places on the uh, Fantasy Life app and stuff. So I wanted to basically I just give you some statements. And I, if you agree with the statement, uh, you would say no foul. And if you disagree with it, you say foul. Um, and so I just okay. want to see where you go on some of these things. It's that time again. Let's play another round of foul or no foul. Um, so here's the first statement. Uh, next season, Kelvin Benjamin will return from his injury and outperform Jordy Nelson, who is also returning from his own season-long injury. Foul or no foul? I'll say foul, but I would say it's not an outrage, outrageous statement. I'm going to presume that, you know, they both got hurt in preseason. They both probably rehab, you know, both probably come back. And I think Nelson is, you know, at heart a better player and has a better quarterback. But I don't think it's, it's not a ludicrous statement, but I will say so. Okay. And the next statement, uh, Derek Carr and Blake Bortles will both be top 10 quarterbacks next season in standard fantasy leagues, foul or no foul. Now, now Neil, I know you listen to my show. I know <laughs> yes. you know where I'm going on this one. <laughs> yes, is, I do. <laughs> that is a major foul. Uh, I'm not a believer in Blake Bortles. Uh, let someone else in your league take him out. You know, just the the film reminds me too much of Nick Foles from you know his good year with the Eagles three mm-hmm. years ago. It's a lot of mistakes and a lot of getting in holes and and then you know throwing his way out. And all credit to him, he threw his way out. He's got a great weapon in Allen Robinson, a lot of skill around him. I just worry Bortles isn't the answer. So I'm going to say no way on them. Okay, yeah, I had to ask because, you know, as you know, <laughs> every everyone is crazy about the Jaguars right now. They feel like, you know, they're on the upswing. They've signed all these guys. He's got, you know, all these yeah. weapons. So I wanted to, you know, just you just put that out there. Um, the last one that I want to ask you for sure. All right, so this one has been carrying over from uh, episode to episode because people love uh, this debate, and it's actually not sports-related, but um, – the question is, because obviously the Batman vs. Superman movie is coming out, um, the statement itself is Batman is nothing more than a rich guy pretending to be a superhero. Foul or no foul? <laughs> um, I will say it's probably a foul because he, he has a good heart, right? He's trying to do good. He's not yes. just... Yeah, but, I mean, I have to say I'm a Marvel guy. I kind of always have been. And this movie is getting some really bad reviews. Uh, so it feels like maybe I'll wait for this one to come to cable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it, it, it's funny, man. The debate, you know, rages on. You got, you know, people who are totally on the, you know, on that he's a superhero and that, um, you know, he it's not just a guy with money and he does all these, you know, detective skills and he's very, you know, high intellect. And you got guys who say, but what's his superpower? You know, what does he do that's so special? <laughs> so um, it's always a, you know, a fun question to ask. Um, he's now, a superhero um, in his heart. His what heart was that? Is, is, his heart is superhero size. Yeah, his heart is superhero. And that was a, a good <laughs> argument that someone once said was that um, he makes – people believe that the average person could be a superhero and i thought that was a pretty good uh you know pretty good answer you, go. you know so <laughs> I, I i leaned superhero after that but at first i was definitely no superhero <laughs> 
So, um, so that's foul or no foul. And, and like I said, you know, everyone at home, they love to, you know, play along and guys, you know, definitely hit us up on Twitter and let us know what you think about Chris's answers. Um, now, uh, Chris, I, I know, you know, every podcast you go on and your podcast, you, you get, you know, bombarded with fancy questions and we always obviously love your, you know, your knowledge of the game and everything. Um, I did want to ask you, there was something I wanted to mention and, and many listeners may not know, but besides, you know, you have an terrific fantasy knowledge and, and having a great podcast and the website. Um, many listeners don't know that you actually write books as you wrote books as well, fiction books. Um, you wrote Slotback Rhapsody as well as, you know, the big clear and you have many other, you know, things that you've had published and at clock Dodgers, you know, we love sports. We're obviously obsessed with them, but it's not all we're about. So, I do want to, you know, obviously first congratulate you on, on the books that you've published. I think that's awesome. Um, and I just wanted to ask, is there anything we can look forward to in the future? Are you still heading, you know, doing that kind of stuff or you kind of shot away from it or. Oh, I'm still doing it. I wish. I mean, I am a fiction writer at heart and uh, I can not do it. I thought I would not do it, but um, I do. I have a, a book that's about a rock band. Uh, that's basically I'm it's, almost out of my hands completely uh it's unclear exactly what we're doing for publishing i'm hoping that it's this fall like kind of in tune with the football season so that i can pimp it mercilessly on my show (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah it's called war on sound it's kind of a it's a big one it's longer i've been writing it for three or four years and uh i think it turned out pretty good got lots of uh first-hand knowledge with like hanging out with musicians and uh folks like the I don't know, Marty Beller, who's the drummer for They Might Be Giants, was mm-hmm. a great resource. And uh, the guy, uh, Ross Flournoy, who's the lead singer of Apex Manor, uh, he uh, has read a bunch of it and helped out a lot. And so, yeah, it's it's a passion, labor of love. Uh, hopefully, hopefully when it comes out, people will like it. No, absolutely. I'm sure they will. And and the other books, like I said, you have previously written, I know people can find them on Amazon or uh, that you have ebook versions as well. So, um, guys, definitely, definitely look for those and, and support Chris because he does great work with that. Um, and, and along the lines of books and, and reading and stuff like that, uh, with, no, with no specific genre in mind, um, what, what would be three books that you would recommend that everybody should read in their lifetime? Besides your own, of course, because those are awesome. <laughs> That's a tough one. Um, I, it's funny because I literally, within the past few weeks for my show, I kind of did a one non-football show-themed show, I uh-huh. guess, where I I counted down my top my top ten favorite novels of all time. Okay. And uh, and so you know that for a more complete sense of my overall literary case, I guess I would give you I would give you that list. But I also I, you know I tend to be kind of on the highfalutin literary snob side of things. You know, like I. I <laughs> don't read a lot of I don't look down on anything but I don't read a lot of fantasy I don't read a lot of sci-fi so I would probably never be able to give you a good answer in those those areas right. you know those, those genres um I'll tell you you know obviously big overlaps on your podcast for football and for you know culture type stuff and this Don DeLillo novel that we talked about on our show it's called Endzone uh it's just great hilarious wonderful novel. I mean, Dillolo is one of the great writers of the 20th century and uh, just such a smart, amazing take on a college football player, like a running back in a college football. Just uh, It's from the 70s, so there's, it's a little hippie-ish, but it's really, really good. Um, let's right. see. I'm going to pick two others. Well, I think Jesus' son, 
Uh, it's a very digestible length book. It's by Dennis Johnson. So inter- interconnected short stories. It's not exactly uplifting. It's, it's kind of about a guy who's a heroin addict, uh, but it's very funny. And, you know, he, he makes progress as the book goes along. There's some tragedy in it, but there's lots of comedy in it. And the writing is just so, so great. Um, right. Let's see. One more. One more book. One more to make the read list. One more we cannot live without. Before they die. Um, you know, I'm trying to go not go esoteric. I could just, you know, I could give you my number one book and just be done with it. I, uh, you know, you can I, do I'm that, or you can go crazy with it. Whatever you want. <laughs> I'm tempted to say Infinite Jest, which is the opposite of a little digestible book, right? That's a thousand-page monstrosity by David Foster Wallace. And we actually have a running joke on my podcast. Uh, my cousin, cousin Josh, is on the show weekly, right. and uh, and he lost a bet with me during this past season, and so he has to read Infinite Jest before the 2016 season starts. And oh, wow. He bought it. He's got a big copy of it sitting on his, de- on his bookshelf. He hasn't started reading it yet. Um, but you know, I feel like what's amazing about that book is you know written in the throughout the 90s. You know, came out in mid mid to late 90s and. You know, so much of it, it's kind of about a near-future dystopia with a little bit of sci-fi in there, but a lot of, a lot of other stuff, too. And just so much of it feels like it's coming through. It's very prescient, right down to who the president is in the book. It's this guy named uh, Johnny Gentles, who was a crooner, who was a singer in previous life. And uh, his policies and his mannerisms remind me a little bit of a, of the fellow who's leading on the Republican side of things. Uh, just... just a, very, very funny book, very dense, very good. Uh, so even though it's a long one and people will hate me for recommending it, it, I still love it. Well, you know, some people don't read it all, so that one they could probably read for the rest of their life. <laughs> 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 but definitely, man, I, I appreciate those recommendations. I will definitely check them out. Um, you know, reading is important, and, and obviously writing is important, and you do a great job, and I just wanted to, you know, touch on a different angle that maybe, you know, a lot of people don't hear because they only follow, you know, the sports side of things for you. Um so I appreciate you giving that list to us. And, and and again, guys, he said, you know, he had the top, you said top 10 list, right, on your on your podcast? That's right. I, I, I did do a countdown of whatever that means, right? I mean, ranking art is sort of a ridiculous thing anyway. And uh, But, you know, whatever people like to know. I get, Since people know that I, I do write fiction, I get asked on Twitter a fair amount, like, hey, they did a book to read, right? And so I thought, I'll do this one show, and some people won't care, but some people will like it, and... You know, then if ever anyone asks, I can go listen to that show. <laughs> They're right, still exactly. my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate it, man. Clock Doctors, and not you know, we know, we, yeah, we we like that kind of stuff. And you know, like I said, even though you know the site and, the, and a lot of the listeners are sports driven, we like to you know reach out to other to other areas of life because there's a lot of interesting stuff out there to get into. Well. I, I do I do know you're a busy man. I do know you you took out time of your you know your day to come on here. So I really appreciate that. Um, you know we dig, we dug deep into some some great topics and hopefully the listeners got a lot from that. Um, I do want to you know thank you again for coming on the Clock Dodgers podcast. I, I can't explain to you how much of an honor you know it was to have a conversation with you. Um, you know I, I really appreciate it, man. And, and everybody who's listening, you know, as soon as this podcast ends, please. Go check out harrisfootball.com and subscribe to Chris Harris Football, you know, the podcast on whichever platform you use. It's everywhere. Just, you know, subscribe, review, download, uh, follow him on Twitter at Harris Football. And of course, like I said, guys, download his book. It's a cool aspect to Chris that a lot of people, you know, don't know. Is, is there anything in particular, Chris, that you want to promote or tell to the listeners or anything? 
No, I mean, what's good about actually as we're recording this is I'm not doing shows right now, so I'm I'm a man of just a man of leisure. <laughs> I, I'm not going to be. I'm going to start doing shows uh, again at the end of April, right around the draft. So for you know for a month or so, I'm just kicking back and hanging loose. So. I think you did a wonderful job. But it was very fun to be on. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, all the listeners on, on Twitter and everybody was so excited, you know, to hear that you were on. And, uh, and I'm sure you heard. I know you um, have done other podcasts and, you know, the Fantasy Life app. You're really, you know, popular in there. So everyone was happy to, to hear that you're going to be on. And again, man, it was a privilege. I, I appreciate it. And um, uh, this was great, man. Um, I'm excited to put this thing out and let the listeners hear it. So thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No problem, Chris. You have a good one, man. Thank you. All right, guys, that's it for the Chris Harris interview. We appreciate him coming on the Clock Dodgers podcast. If you guys can hit Chris up on Twitter and let him know, you know, it was a great episode. You appreciate him coming on. Please come on again. Um, Please do that, guys. Hit him up on Twitter. Let him know you really appreciated it. I hope you guys were taking notes because obviously Chris was dropping some serious fantasy football knowledge. Um you know, this is your chance to take advantage and get ahead of your, you know, your other league mates. You know what I mean? You're listening to a podcast about fantasy football in March. You know what I mean? That's crazy. So, you know, take those notes and start to build on it now. You know, start working towards your draft. Um, and guys, please support Chris again. I, I can't repeat this enough. Anyone that comes on the Clock Dodgers podcast, his family does. So, if you can continue and start, or if you if you're not already doing it, supporting these people, um, that would be really appreciated. Hit ParisFootball.com, listen to his podcast, and like I mentioned in the podcast, that many people don't know about the books that he writes. You know, so go on there, download his ebook, uh, buy the paperback if that's you know your style. Um, props to you <laughs> in 2016, you know, um, so definitely, you know, show this guy love. He, he, he deserves it. He puts in a lot of hard work and, and to all the guests that have been on the show and the future guests that will be on the show. Um, I did want to announce uh, to those who listen from the Fantasy Life app, Clock Dodgers and the Fantasy Life OG podcast have both started a league together. So this is a pretty special league. It's a it's a, you know, a new a new plat a new a new version of a fantasy football league. We, we took 32 different GMs. We're going to do a, a draft where me and Mike, or as you probably know him, at MPW270 on the Fantasy Life app, are actually going to draft the GMs old school, like like when you played kickball back in the day, and it's like, I got him. Okay, now you pick. You got him. Okay, I, I want this guy. So that's what it's going to be like. So that's really fun. And then it's going to be an auction draft. No kickers for those who are complaining that kickers are not fantasy relevant. Shame on you. But that's okay. I, I, don't, I don't care either way. Um, it's going to be really fun. You know, it's 32 teams. It's actually going to be split into six, uh, two teams of 16 team leagues. And the champion of each league will play each other uh, to be crowned the ultimate fantasy champion as well as bringing home the title to his division. So Clock Dodgers podcast, whoever's in that division, whoever gets drafted by me in the GM draft, please let's bring this championship home to the, you know, the home team, the real squad. You know what I mean? I see you guys. I'm watching you guys. It's like a GM combine right now. I'm seeing what you guys are saying and what you're doing in the chats, and that's how I'm going to you know, pick my guys. And, and for the last person, the open spot that we have, one open spot currently available, we're going to see how we're going to you know, pick that person, whether it's going to be some kind of contest or whether we'll just you know, see what we're, you know, see what's going on in the chats and see who really deserves it. Um, so if you're interested, hit me up on Twitter or you can hit me up in the app and let me know. Um, you know, guys, just look forward to, you know, the future guests who come on the show. We got a bunch of guys lined up, uh, some stuff that you should really look forward to. If you, by any chance, know anyone that you think will be good to come on the podcast as a guest, 
um, please, please reach out to that person. Or even if you don't know them and you just follow them on Twitter or, you know, whoever it is, um, tell them, you know, come on the Cloud Dodgers podcast. Like, we want to hear from them or talk with them. We want to have a conversation. This is all about connecting, guys. Uh, and remember, we don't just do football or sports or fancy football. Anybody you know, I don't care if they're a doctor. I don't care who they are. You know, they can work in Walgreens as long as you think they have a story to tell or, you know, can have a good conversation on here about a certain subject or whatnot, I want to talk to them, you know? So please reach out to those people for me and, and let's get them on here so the listeners have some more, uh, you know, interesting conversations to hear or knowledge to be gained. Um, other than that, guys, that's really that's really all I want to say today. Um, you know, be on the lookout, like I said, for big changes from Clock Dodgers and clockdodgers.com. There'll be contests. Uh, we're going to you know, put out some more t-shirts for sale at some point here down the future. So you guys let me know uh, what you want to see and, and how we can, uh, you know, continue to blow this thing up. Remember, you guys are a part of this. So thank you again to all the contributors, whether it's on clockdodgers.com, whether it's on the podcast, uh, guests that we've had in the past, who you want to come back, you know, things like that. So let's make this thing happen, guys. Um, you know, if you're listening right now and you've made it this far after the Chris Harris interview, you're a clock dodger. You know what I mean? There's no question about it. We're all family, um, and, and I appreciate your continued love and support at this. And let's just blow this thing up, guys. Um, all right. You guys have a good day, and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to stop by clockdodgers.com and follow us on Twitter.